Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Welcome to Women on the Line, one of Community Radio's National Women's Current Affairs programs, produced at 3CR Community Radio in Melbourne and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. I'm your host, Hope Matumbu. Women on the Line acknowledges this program is produced and presented on the sovereign lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We acknowledge elders past, present and becoming, as well as the owners of the land you are hearing us from. The 41st African Studies Association of Australasia and the Pacific Conference, also known as AFSAP, was held in November 2018 at the University of New South Wales in Sydney. This week, we hear a presentation from the conference by Rennie Sefton, a PhD candidate with the School of Global, Urban and Social Studies at RMIT University in Melbourne. She presented a paper looking at the concept or philosophy of Bumuntu from the perspective of the Luba people from the Democratic Republic of Congo. Let's hear from Rennie. I'm going to be speaking on Bumuntu and the struggle for peace. Um, so as you can see in the title, um, we have been speaking about Ubuntu in the South African context, but I will be looking at um, an equivalent concept elsewhere in Africa, or it's Ubuntu in the South African context that has received the most substantial um, global interest, um, and particularly when we're thinking about its relevance for peace and conflict uh, resolution, uh, it is um, in the South African context where there has been a lot more um, discourse. Uh, Ubuntu in the Congolese context, um, there's been a relative, relative silence on on Ubuntu in the Congolese context. Now, I'm, I'm talking about Ubuntu, I should add, um, and my work relates to specifically Luba Katanga. Um, amongst different ethnic groups, um, the term is different, so Ubuntu um, is used in Chiluba as well, uh, but it's Bumoto in Lugala, for example. I think it was um, really useful as well to have Hope's presentation earlier, so um, because uh, she also identified, so although um, I'll, be, I'll be speaking about the kind of rich potential that Bumuntu has in regards to peace, um, Hope's also already flagged for us the fact that we can't um, just take this more idealised um, vision and we do need to explore it deeper. And as well as looking at opportunities, um, we want to be looking at the challenges as well. Um, so I'll be speaking a little bit about that. So, just to give some context, I do want to start by um, just noting why, uh, in my opinion, Wumutu is particularly pertinent in considering violence and peace um, in the DRC. Um, So in order for this, I'm just beginning with a series of images. Um, So they're photographs taken by the Irish photographer Richard Moss from his series Infra. Um, And so it presents an image of a kind of haunted... Um, surreal landscape of violence and destitution. So these are images of the more renowned uh, war-ravaged regions, eastern regions of the DRC, um, and that's been, I guess, the global attention has been focused on these eastern regions. And so for anyone, I'm not going to go into the history of um, the the wars, but the Congo wars of the 1990s 
um, it was incredibly um, deadly and devastating and it's basically been um, ongoing violence uh, from this period, um, particularly in the eastern regions, um, but elsewhere in the country also. Um, so these, these capture the more dominant image of Congo that we're most often exposed to. But I did have a um, slide of an article published in The Australian and someone made a comment about The Australian the other day. Um, and it was a review of this photographer's work, um, which was published in The Australian when his work was up at the National Gallery of Victoria. Um, and I was just going to give this as an example of um, uh, an article that captures all too perfectly what is wrong with many of the sensationalised Western media accounts of violence and conflict in the DRC. Um, so what it was was uh, the title, something like a, a, Apocalypse, Images of a Heart of Darkness. Um, and the start, of, uh, the start of the article started off talking about the way in which there are many countries that have these rich histories and fantastic monuments and places to visit. And, um, but, you know, a lot of countries in sub-Saharan Africa, um, no one, you know, uh, people wouldn't want to go there unless, um, unless you're working in aid or humanitarian relief. Um, and it went on to say DRC is one of the worst of these hellholes. Um, and basically it talks about, um, you know, basically we're discouraged from analysing the violence further uh, and the causes of the violence are too complicated to summarise easily and too senseless to be worth the attempt. Um, so that kind of captures um, the a dominant representation. Um, ideally... Ideally, it would be nice to think that that's kind of limited to sensationalised Western media accounts. Um, but there has been um, a considerable amount of scholarship examining how the persistence of con colonial narratives of DRC, um, Africa more broadly, um, but DRC is the heart of darkness, um, and representations of Congolese as inherently violent does continue to impact even on uh, international peace-building efforts. Um, so I've argued that um, this um, has reduced curiosity in exploring the causes of violence and reducing creativity in responding to violence. So that's just um, a broader argument. But I guess that is the reason why I do think looking at a concept like Ubuntu is particularly uh, pertinent. Um, so I, I argue there's a real uh, need to move beyond those dominant narratives and approaches which carry enduring legacies of colonialism and imperialism. So not only through the more overt uh, presence of an enduring narrative of Congo's heart of darkness, but also more simply um, by the, the dominance of Eurocentric ways of being and doing in the way in which um, violence is analysed and um, uh, approaches to peace. Um, so there's a need, um, as Donna Harrow points out, to destabilise worlds of thinking with other worlds of thinking. Um, so, so that's just kind of why, why it's useful to, to look at women. Women on the line. So, um, so basically I'm drawing from dialogues conducted in the Democratic Republic of Congo um, over a period of six months between 2014 and 2015. Um, so as part of my doctoral research, which has sought to engage in a dialogue on Ubuntu, uh, particularly from the Lubukatanga perspective, in search of a better understanding of the place and meaning of peace. 
um, associated with this concept and in search of a better understanding of the struggle for such a piece in the contemporary context. Um, so the specific locale um, is Kamina. Um, so this is not uh, in the more renowned eastern region. Uh, this is a city of approximately 240,000 um, and it's located in what's now the Wotlomami province, which previously was known as Katanga. So in order to locate us in this um, locale, um, this is just an image of a plane arriving in Kamina. And I just wanted to share with you a welcome greeting that one is likely to hear um, in this location, and it's uh, the, the welcome in the Kiluba language of the Lubukatanga. Um, and I'm not very good at this, this welcome. It's much more exuberant um, when it's done properly. Uh, and maybe someone can throw a ululation in the, at some point. But essentially... Um, it's basically waka, 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 and it can extend exponentially um, for a long period of time with ululations and all sorts of things. And the response uh, to that kind of a welcome uh, would normally be for a man, eyuvijé, uh, and for a woman, eyumwa. So I just wanted to, there are contested meanings about and contested interpretations of, of what this greeting and what the response actually um, means. However, I just wanted to share um, a couple of meanings um, that are most dominant. Um, and so, uh, first of all, and I say that because it does give us um, two really important um, facets of Mulundu. Um, and one is, so one relates to the welcome greeting itself of Wapu Wapu Wapu. Uh, and normally this is just described as welcome or bienvenue or karibu. Um, but uh, a journalist who I spoke to gave a different interpretation um, and he talked about the way in which it also carries the meaning of um, you, you are here amongst us now. Um, and he also reframed it as a question, are you here amongst us now? Uh, and I think this notion of arriving in a particular physical location but also arriving within a community and arriving in a society does uh, remind us the fact about Ubuntu does exist within a particular social um, and cultural context. Um, so that's that's one point I'd like to make. Um, the second, however, relates to the responses of Eomwa and Eovije. Um, and I, I hopefully come back to some contested meanings about the female response in particular. Um, but essentially these, uh, these responses are said to mean yes, my God, or yes, divine one. Um, so essentially by saying, and, and they're responses that not only to a welcome greeting, but, but if saying good morning, good afternoon, good evening, um, the response, uh, it's the same response that, that one uses, uh, and, it, and it basically it's recognising the divine in the other human being. Um, so this uh, introduces the idea of the concept of Ubuntu. Uh, can also be seen to transcend the specific social and cultural context and can be seen to refer to something more universal, uh, the sacred and inviolable dignity of the human being. Um, so these um, varying aspects of Wundru are very much present uh, throughout my dialogues in Kamina. So I've just got a, a range of different quotes that kind of um, capture these themes. So these are, these are people responding to what Wundru means for them. Um, and so this talks about Wumuntu being the way to live socially with other people, 
Uh, it's to live in harmony with others, to live in peace with others. Uh, it talks about humanism, uh, those things which foster an atmosphere of peace and joy, um, how to live in society. Uh, this is to mean to share with others, to seek out peace with the community. Now, an extension of that, so, and I believe it still relates to the idea of social harmony, but the emphasis is more on uh, social harmony within uh, a specific social and cultural milieu. Um, so the emphasis is placed more on uh, the link of the identity to, of the man in society, someone who maintains customs, um, someone who responds or qualities within a person that responds to the requirements of that particular society um, and someone who respects the culture without distinction of social rank. So this, this notion of adherence to culture and um, societal expectations, uh, adherence to customs, um, is also very strong in the way in which people uh, communicate forward with. Um, and then the third uh, being human dignity, uh, and Bumuntu is the value of the human being alike, his God. Uh, human dignity inherent in the being. Uh, a human being is a divine creature. Yeah, so we can see all of these themes. Um, and so one way of thinking about this is um, these kind of expressions that, that emphasise human dignity uh, speak to something about what it means to be a human being. Whereas social, the, the emphasis on social harmony also speaks to what it means to become a human being. So, so a sense of an inherent dignity, but also a sense of an earned dignity through one's uh, relationships and through uh, one's behaviour and their way, way of being in the world. On community radio around Australia, you're listening to Women on the Line. If you're just tuning in, you've been listening to a presentation from the 41st African Studies Association of Australasia and the Pacific Conference. This is a presentation by Rennie Sefton, a PhD candidate within the School of Global Urban and Social Studies at RMIT University in Melbourne. Her paper is looking at the concept of philosophy of Bumuntu from the perspective of the Luba people from the Democratic Republic of Congo. So you can see with these, um, with the emphasis on both social harmony and human dignity, you can see the way in which um, peace can be seen as central. So this was a very strong um, emphasis throughout my dialogues with people in Kamina. So despite divergences in the way in which people um, express Bumuntu, uh, for the most part our dialogues did uh, affirm the centrality of peace, that the task of living in harmony with others is a defining characteristic of our humanness. Not only was violence often articulated as being antithetical to Bumuntu, uh, but Bumuntu was seen more broadly to provoke a positive peace calling individuals and communities to actively participate in the creation, maintenance and restoration of harmonious relationships. Um, so for the most part, um, people emphasise the way in which Bumuntu is a productive, peace-enhancing and maintaining concept that has powerful potential um, in contributing to the struggle for peace. And yet the varying meanings attributed to Bumuntu are not really indicative of a really concrete set of beliefs, values and practices that are inherently peace-producing. They are indicative of a, of a much more complex reality. So I don't really like trying to summarise because I think the, the most kind of powerful 
possibilities with Bumundu is really the kind of fluidity and flexibility in the way it's understood and in the way it's applied according to different voices. But I have kind of, in drawing together all of these ways of people, that, that people express it, I do, ha I have kind of tended to see it uh, myself as um, the struggle to achieve social harmony alongside human dignity for all within a specific social and cultural milieu. And I kind of highlight struggle here because such, a, such an idea of uh, social harmony alongside human dignity for all is incredibly complex. And um, it's naturally incredibly context, uh, complex in any society, in any context. But I guess so much more so in the context of the DRC um, and the immense transformations that have occurred over the Congolese terrain over the last century um, and the ongoing cumulative experiences of regular, chronic, ordinary conditions of violence, death, exploitation, uncertainty, poverty, etc., etc. So I guess um, this means that when we consider the possibility of uh, or the potential of Wumuntu for peace, uh, we're not really considering, although it's often represented as a kind of something that's very much associated with uh, a kind of quite static uh, idea of a way of being um, in the time of the ancestors or in the village um, and the notion of reviving this. Um, really we are looking at um, a Bumuntu that has evolved over this you know, history of immense transformations. So people spoke about the fact that Bumuntu is being or has been and is being lost, uh, forgotten, hidden, threatened or trampled on in the contemporary context. Um, having said that, um, so even though that was the dominant narrative, certainly the fact that you're able to have this really rich dialogue on this theme and it is a shared understanding doesn't suggest a loss at all but instead it suggests that there are aspects of loss, there are aspects of resistance resilience, adaptation and transformation. So when we're considering wound and its potential for peace we are considering this, this concept that has, has experienced um, and the way in which it's the contemporary expressions and applications carry this whole history of immense um, Transformation and often through incredibly uh, violent experiences and oppression, exploitation, um, etc. I tend to maybe I'm a little bit more hopeful than hope in terms of the use of Wumuntu in the Congolese context, but maybe that's because I'm, I'm I haven't grown up in that context, mm. and um, you know, so maybe I. Uh, I'm more inclined to idealise rather than uh, think. Um, so I do want to raise gender. And so um, so there are all sorts of examples. Um, so like I said, that peace is... Um, often people speak about it as, as peace-affirming, but it was amongst women that, that the most con contesting narrative of where the woman is inherently peace-producing. Um, so this notion of violence being antithetical to, to Wumuntu. From the perspective of women, women this wasn't as, as pronounced. Instead, um, so this is a particular uh, local organisation, a women's organisation, 
Um, and so in speaking to, this is a quote from one of the directors of one of these local women's organisations, and she says, Wurundjeri is part of a certain initiation with our grandparents, Putanda, and during this initiation they inculcated women with the idea that she is inferior to men, that she must submit to men, that she can claim nothing, even if she is beaten 300 times, she must endure. And it has been like that for years and years and years. So, so that's um, a perspective on Wurundjeri from director from a women's organisation. Women on the line. Now it's important though, thinking about the variety of meanings attributed to Wurundjeri, um, in the same dialogue um, and not too long after this statement, uh, one can also hear, it is this that has destroyed Wurundjeri, the arrogance of men who have even created proverbs in order to denigrate women, to put women in an inferior position. So you can see the way in which Wurundjeri in this particular quote is not being used in the same way. So it was just referred to in a way that was embedding it in a particular patriarchal application of Wuntu. And now you hear it here used more in the sense of kind of appealing to this notion of human dignity um, and that the human dignity of women has been destroyed by the arrogance of men. So, so you can see the way in which Wuntu uh, can be used to reinforce an oppressive culture, um, but you can also see the way in which it can be used to critique um, that culture at the same time. Uh, to complexify it uh, further, so uh, Veronique and a number of her colleagues talked about the way in which um, one of the reactions or resistance to their work on uh, uh, to, to on, on gender-based um, violence and gender equality is this idea of um, to you know men saying this idea of parity that that you are bringing it is not our culture it is not our way it is foreign it is not our country so you can see the way in which the appeal towards human dignity which was used in the previous quote to um, to critique culture you can see the way in which human dignity and the notion of resistance against um, foreign intrusion can also be used to kind of to, to have a more rigid application of culture um, and I guess that might be um, akin to what Hope was talking about with neo-traditionalism so you can see the, the variations um, and then finally this is another quote from a separate uh, a separate dialogue uh, and this was um, a dialogue with a husband and wife um, pastor team so both of them were pastors uh, and they were talking about the way in which within their own relationship they they really challenged the kind of traditional notions, gendered roles of associated with Wurundjeri. But you can see the way in which, even though they were critiquing uh, the, the gendered roles of Wurundjeri, uh, associated with Wurundjeri, they were still appealing to notions of a Wurundjeri for the way in which that, that transition. So uh, what we want is to balance life, to be in harmony, so that there is harmony in our society. We do not want one party to be left behind while another party is privileged. Um, both the two parties must be privileged. Both parties must understand what we want with the Bumuntu. Bumuntu is not to dominate. Bumuntu is not to marginalise. Bumuntu is not to diminish the other. And you are looking to be on top. So yes, so you can see the way in which, um, I guess I've, I've come to see it as the way in which Bumuntu can be stretched. Uh, it can be reconstructed. It can re be redefined. Um, it can be critiqued. Um, so it, it carries that kind of capacity and I think 
for me, that's where I, I think the most potential for Bumuntu as a uh, peace uh, producing kind of concept and idea um, comes from. I just want to return to the key concern of the struggle for peace. Um, by drawing attention to the existence of Bumuntu and its, its potential for peace, this is not at all um, to say that, or it doesn't change the immensity of the task at hand, doesn't change the immensity of the challenges. Um, when reflecting on the struggle for such a peace associated with Bumuntu, um, people did talk about the fact that a real peace is, is very far. The notion that Bumuntu is being lost, forgotten, hidden, threatened in the contemporary context. Um, people spoke about a paradigm shift away from Bumuntu towards what they described as the Shakan Poussoir, so every man for himself. Um, and so the various kind of ways in which people described um, the way in which society operates today, uh, there's a general sense of a breakdown of social connectedness and social cohesion, the unequal dis distribution of wealth, uh, the diminution of practices of sharing wealth, the diminution of collective aid and action, the exaggerated presence of hatred, jealousy, resentment, witchcraft and bad faith, the exploitation and scapegoating of those members of society considered weaker and more vulnerable, um, and etc. etc. I won't I won't go on. Um, but despite all these enormous challenges and complexities clearly present, the fact that Bumuntu endures and continues to offer a shared frame of reference through which individuals, families, communities and Luba society as a whole are able to critically reflect upon their current lived experiences and strive towards a sometimes more and sometimes less cohesive vision of uh, peace should not be underestimated. Um, rather than emphasising Bumuntu as inherently peace enhancing concept that should be uncritically restored and revived. I offer another argument that the powerful potential of Bumuntu is that it insists that we constantly ask the question and perpetually return to it. So how do we live in harmony with our fellow human beings? Um, you know, because our humanity depends on us asking this question. Um, so thank you. We've come to the end of a presentation by Rennie Sefton, a PhD candidate within the School of Global Urban and Social Studies at RMIT University in Melbourne. She presented a paper as part of the 41st African Studies Association of Australasia and the Pacific Conference, also known as AFSAP. AFSAP was held in November 2018 at the University of New South Wales in Sydney. Rennie's paper was looking at the concept of philosophy of Bumuntu from the perspective of the Luba people from the Democratic Republic of Congo. And that's all for Women on the Line today. Women on the Line is a community radio national women's current affairs program. It's produced and presented by a range of women broadcasters from 3CR in Melbourne and broadcast across Australia on the community radio network. We greatly appreciate financial support from the Community Broadcasting Foundation. We welcome your comments or thoughts on today's show, so send us an email to womenontheline at gmail.com or phone 3CR on 03-9419-8377. Women on the Line programs can be downloaded from our website www.3cr.org.au forward slash women on the line. The theme music for Women on the Line is Slideshow at Free University by La Tigra. 
I'm Hope Matumbu, and I hope you can tune in again next time.